welcome to a very special episode of News to Reviews, your place to be for gaming news stories and your place to be for impressions on the latest games coming out each and every week. But this time, we got a bonus episode for you. Wow. My name is the Bonus Zach. I'm sitting here with a massive bonus <laughs> right now. Lockie. This is, this is, is what our... Is that name? Is it yeah, Lockie? Yes, Lockie. This is what our Patreon subscribers get when they, when they sign on into the $2 a week. No, $2 a month. It's monthly package. Um, so... <laughs> So thank you very much for uh, for paying for us to stay on the air. Um, I'm sure that'll go down real well. Yeah, no. and if you think our Patreon's good, just you wait till we launch our OnlyFans. Whoa. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, the OnlyFans. Yeah, the OnlyFans is a side project I've been doing for a while. I'd prefer to keep that separate, to be honest. Yeah, I didn't realize you'd get paid to do that. I, I actually have. <laughs> I actually have a much larger following on the OnlyFans, and I prefer for them to be protected from this this show and their listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and coming soon to OnlyFans, and here with us for this very special bonus episode of News to Reviews is the awesome guest, Aaron. Yeah. Thanks for joining us once again. Lovely, <laughs> lovely. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Yep, no, and it's uh, good. You're going to be the top tier on OnlyFans, my friend, don't you worry. Oh, We're going to make sure that people have to fucking fork out if they want to see the goods from you. I've platinumed all the uh, content in OnlyFans. <laughs> I, I gotta say though, this is the worst condition in order to do this particular episode. So from a recording perspective, we've just done, we've just been sitting for about three hours doing the old, <laughs> doing the old recording and now we're doing a new recording where um, if I'm, if I sound very burnt out on the game, it's just because I'm tired. It's nothing. <laughs> uh, and no, he's, he's the thing. So I am burnt out on the game because there are frustrating, exhausting things about the game, but it could just be to do with my energy levels at this point. Oh, we don't yes. know. And let's, and let's stop burying the lead, Lockie. All right. That's what we're here to do. We're here to have our bonus spoiler episode on Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Now, Finally, I get to actually talk no about idea. things. Fuck. <laughs> I have no idea where we should get started on this one at all. All I know is that I'm super excited to talk about it. Lockie, where, where do you think we should kick this off? Oh, look, I think um, probably the best way to go through this game is sort of progress the way the narrative does. Or, or lack yeah. thereof in many parts, and we'll get into it. Oh, that. And, and just quickly, quickly, by the way, you have been warned, this is a spoiler episode. Spoiler's going to be in the title. If you haven't finished Assassin's Creed Valhalla, yeah. we're going to spoil the absolute shit out of it. You have been warned. That's I'm right. If you're, if you're streaming through all of our podcasts and you've just been listening them back to back without seeing the title, um, this is the spoiler warning for you. That one person. <laughs> that one person. We got your back. We, we want to make sure you... Individually, you have a good experience. We cover all our bases. That's we right. certainly do. Sorry, Lockie, where should we start? All right. Well, all right. Well, I mean, I'm going to go into the negatives mostly, so I guess we should start from a place of. <laughs> I, I think we should start from a place of positive, and I will. I'm going to preface everything that I have to get off my chest with. This is a decent game. This is a solid game. It has very good gameplay mechanics, and that is a great testament to it. Uh, mm. And it's really. 
it's really the story and where it falls apart that really I'm so disappointed mm. with because there's a lot of kernels of great things that they plant throughout and you just think, if they just went a little bit further in this direction, that could have been good. A little, bit. You know, mm. kind of like season eight of Game of Thrones where you're like, you know, if they fleshed it out to ten more episodes and, you know, actually elaborated on a couple of things like Daenerys going crazy, you know, it could have been... You know, pretty good, but yeah, yeah. So, so you're saying that you're saying that uh, narrative is the only thing that let down this game, Lockie? Um, that and also the worlds get a bit boring. Um, in- oh, okay. England, and- England's a bit boring. I get a glimpse of America at one point, and I go, "Oh man, that's beautiful! It looks great!" And then it's just this tiny area with the shitty quest. And we're going to get into that because that story. I, I do want to elaborate more on why that quest is particularly shitty. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, and the bugs, let's not forget about yeah, the bugs. Yeah. But yeah, look, if you do want to start off with something, like the positive things about this game, I really enjoyed a, a lot of the mysteries, and I liked yes. that basically Ubisoft is like, we're going to use these mysteries as, as an excuse to reference, reference things in real life and get a bit silly and have a bit of fun. Yeah. And uh, one of my favourite of those was a mystery I came across uh, uh, I believe it was, oh, what was it called? I forget the name of the mystery now, but basically there is a band that wants to play some music, but a bishop is not allowing them to play their music. So you engage in fisticuffs with said bishop, and upon leaving, uh, you hear you hear the band scream out, smack my bishop, and it's obviously a reference to the band The Prodigy, which I think it, the, the name is like something like Prodigy, something like that, yeah. you know, of the actual mystery. Mm. I love that. It was so silly and, and fun, and it was a creative way to find a way to reference uh, a popular UK band. Uh, it, yeah, I love that. That's that fantastic. They actually mentioned Firestarter there as well in that mission. Like, if you hang around for a bit... They will actually uh, start singing Firestarter as well by yes, Prodigy, which is I really cool. It. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Was it, were there yeah. any uh, other mysteries that stood out to you, Aaron? Uh, like I, I don't know. Uh, they were all really good. Like a lot of them were really good. I guess at the very start of the game, I was kind of shocked with one of the mysteries, but in a good way. And I think we've mentioned this before. It's when you're in Norway and you climb to the top of a mountain. And there's a man up there with all of his uh, belongings, and he's mm. got them all packed up into boxes. And he gives you this story about how. He wants to go to Valhalla, but he can't bring any of his possessions with him. And he asks you to throw the possessions off the cliff. And I was like, okay, that sounds innocent enough. I'll do that. So I grabbed the boxes, threw it off the cliff. And as I throw off the last block, he literally just runs, jumps off the cliff and yells at you at the end. Thank you. And he like <laughs> dies all of a sudden. And I was Fantastic. just like, whoa, that is cool. Like... So good. And right away yeah. there in Norway, too, it's like setting the tone for the mysteries throughout the game to let you know, like, yeah, it's not everything's going to be as it nah. seems. And they definitely, I think that's where they sort of had the most fun. And, like, I've got to say, to some extent, I'm a tiny bit disappointed that the mysteries are so short because that is definitely where they seem to get the most creative with their storytelling. Um, but they, they were always a, a delight. There was very few uh, that I didn't enjoy um, you know, some of the, you know, rehash mysteries, like, you know, having to line up the, uh, the symbols on the different rock formations, I did find those did get a bit tiresome, uh, not to mention, oh, the thing where you got to stack the rocks. Yeah, the can'ts were, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that did get a bit tiresome, and I, I gotta say, boys, I, I did complete the platinum on this one, 
there were a couple of those which were like intense like that took me like probably 15 minutes uh one that i was like so chuffed by afterwards i like took a screenshot of it afterwards just been like i I can't believe i actually managed to to get this done so look a lot some of those did get a bit much uh the anomalies were fantastic i thought they were really great yeah really cool that was excellent that that was kind of like being a zelda fan that was excellent to have Zelda-like puzzles like that, where you mm. had to work out how to get to the next room by completing a, a puzzle in, in a way. That was fantastic. Mm. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were talking about anomalies specifically, Aaron, because I was going to say, that's basically Breath of the Wild, because even yeah. their style, it's all glitchy and future worldy. That's Breath of the Wild, baby. Yeah, it was. But, uh, yeah, that's all them. Yeah, but it, it was good, and I. it's funny how they do that. They, they find... They, at the very end of the game, that's when you the puzzles actually get integrated back into the game proper. Like those really future techy looking puzzles, are, you're actually mm. in a place that's future techy, and yeah. so it works yeah. back in. And that yeah. I, I I think the puzzles themselves that you had to do to get through the main quest stuff were were really bare bones stuff, like oh, really basic. Yeah, they were nothing. And, yeah, it was. It actually was really hard at the end because you had such a jarring difference between that that and the rest of the game and you're like oh shit i actually have to do puzzles and figure out these different paths that work around me sort of thing instead uh, of following uh, yeah. a one one answer I, I i like the short and sweet mystery so to be honest like i prefer that than long side quests especially if you yeah. are a completionist and like oh, uh, eventually things drag on and they feel dragged on like if you're doing a side yeah. quest that goes mm. for ages and it's literally just you go to this town oh. speak to this person oh collect man that, if you're doing a main town. if you're doing a main plot line and it feels like that i'd yeah. say 50% yeah. of the main plots felt exactly like that for me especially yeah. after i think um the first first couple of regions and this is what a what i think um ubisoft this is a recurring theme from Ubisoft where they definitely put more effort into their... They have certain choke points in, in their games where they put more effort into those things because mm. they know yeah. they they know psychologically people remember the most of things um, at the beginning and then the plot turn at the middle and then at the end and then everything sort of in between there. They don't remember as much. So I, And I don't think the game puts as much energy into those things because of that. Um, and I will say, I think they put the most effort into their beginnings for the obvious reason that they want good reviews and people will only play maximum 10 hours of a game before they plan a review score on it, right? Mm. So they know instinctively, oh, if we do a crappy second half of the game, no one's going to rate it based on that anyway. And yeah. especially at the most important time in sales, which is the initial yeah. sales, um, yeah. like they, they know what they're doing. And so they as, did this yeah. with... Yeah. An insider, an insider. Sorry, lucky to cut you there. But yeah, yeah, ins- go for it. An insider um, bit of reality here around why they do that is um, at the very start of games, uh, especially a lot of Ubisoft games, they want to captivate you straight from the start so that you have a reason to feel like it's going to come back or continue with that captivating feel. Uh, the best example of this is the intros to Far Cry Three, Four, and Five. Yeah, which. Mm-hmm at the start is captivating. You're like, oh, this actually looks like it's going to be a really good game and get really good. And then it kind of slows down the pace a bit and you have to work at it a little bit more. And then you're hoping that that captivation that you had in the first few minutes is going to come back. So that's kind of why they do like this uh, awesome start because you're like, oh, I'm I'm keen. This has got me going. I'm not throwing this game in the bin. Yeah, and they do it for obvious reasons. They want you to give a good score to the game based Mm. on your initial impressions. 
They and that's the yeah. only reason because if if their entire ethos is they want you to experience a captivating game overall, sure they'll have a strong start, but they'll also have a strong middle and end. Aaron, they got to they got to keep that exactly, going yeah. in order yeah. for that to be truly what what it is their goal is. Yeah, but that's yeah, not yeah. their goal. And their goal is to make money, and the and, way and, they and that's do the that, problem. Yeah. That that's a big problem here as well too. They're setting these expectations at the start, and then they're just not met throughout the rest of the yes. game. Agreed. Sort of arguably towards the end, which would be that other choke point. But it sort of gets into. I think my main issue with that sort of permeates every part of this game is there's just too much of the bloat. I would have much like even yeah. with the anomalies, there was too many anomalies. Some yeah. of them had some really cool ideas. Focus more on the ones with the really cool ideas and do less of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And same with all the other repeated quests that you have over and over again. Uh, and same with the main story as well too. Focus on your cool ideas. Don't just add in like you know. I'd argue like fifty percent of this game is filler, and some of those side quests I really enjoyed. The one where it, it's it feels like it's a massive reference to uh, the Wicker Man, the Nicolas Cage mo- film, uh, where they you know someone gets burnt in the giant straw man. I I, I, oh, I yeah. it, as much as you know it may not have been the most captivating of stories. I did have a lot of fun with that one, just purely based on the the reference to that. I liked the visuals of that one. But I thought the storytelling was shite. Yeah, it was. It wasn't great. It was. Yeah. You could tell it was one of the ones that took a backseat to the rest of the story, and that was just more filler for, for them to flesh it out. You know, and one was, of the yeah. best ones uh, was also in Norway at the very end, where you go to this small town, and there's a lady there who uh, needs to spark the flame with her husband again. And, uh, and and she's a Viking, right? And yeah. so is he. And you need to spark the flame. So in order to do that, she wants you to, like, bring a Viking atmosphere, like a battle Viking atmosphere, into their household so that those two can copulate. Mm. And it literally was like, you have to break things in their house. You then have to mm. set the house on fire while they're in it and everything. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. that was funny. That was inventive. And that was good. I like that. Yeah. And see, that's what I mean, like, cut out some of these these side quests that we're forced to go through uh, as the main story, because, yeah, like, this was a main story quest, this Wicker Man one, you have to clear this region in order to complete the game. Um, and yeah, like focus more on these inventive mysteries, which I like, yeah, it, it is, it is nice sometimes that they're bite sized, but there, there's some of those, which I really thought they could have, they could have easily expanded upon for sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a bizarre thing. There's certain things I wish they expanded on other things. I feel like they really needed to cut back. Mm. Um, but overall, generally, it was just a, a bit too bloated. And and one thing I want to mention with the anomalies is they do all... Uh, each anomaly you complete, uh, you'll get a small cl- video clip, and eventually that does all combine for like a, a sort of like a secret reveal type thing. Uh, now, for me, when this happened, the game bugged. And oh. all that triggered was the audio. So I got to listen to this awesome bloody uh, cinematic film yeah. clip, which was completely CGI. And, you know, they made... It was good. Like, the, the whole video was good and... for that. Oh, yeah. I haven't even seen that. So, all right. Yeah. So, we, so go, going further into this, I think um, you, two, you two will be talking about the game from the perspective of 100% completionist. You've experienced everything mm. on the map. You've experienced everything side missions. I'm talking about it from the perspective of I started the game. I started the Asgard one. I didn't finish it because I wanted to get back to the plot. And so I, mm. and I went through every region because I had to do all the regions in order to finish the game. And then after I finished the game, that's, that's where it ended for me. And, yeah. I, and I felt like... Um, and from my experience, I had to hop onto Reddit and onto Wikipedia in order to fill in a lot of gaps because 
um, for example, Basim's turn was uh, was very confusing. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, where the fuck did that come from? I mean, like, he always seemed like he was going to turn, but they just didn't really give mm. him any motivation in the but game. The, and the, like, who is that, this guy? That fell off a cliff. Like, uh, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, but that story with Basim fell off a cliff. Okay, like, good. So I'm not the only one. So even you guys experiencing Jodenheim and all of that, it still is very confusing as to why he turns then and there and, and why he suddenly yeah. turns from this very calm, collected guy to a laughing maniac. Like, he's like he's like laughing yeah. gleefully um, at the end when he's being a dickhead to Ziggin. And it's like, wait, yeah. that's not his character? Who is this yeah. guy? His motivations make no sense whatsoever, and it was a weird turn for me. Like I, li- I did like a lot of stuff that they did with the ending, but that was an aspect of it that I oh, really good, good. So I'm not the only on one that was jarred by that. Yeah, so that's what okay. I wanted to clear up with you first. Okay, I no, no, no. This does make sense now that I'm thinking about it, Lockie, okay. and I can give you a reason why his character turned as much as he did, and it actually is part of that video that you only saw a bit of there, Zach, as well. So oh, okay. if you played the Asgard. Um, arm, you know that there's the wisdom tree, right? And that there was a plot that um, that what's his name? Harvey? Harvid? Yeah, Harvey. The- Harvey, which is Odin. Odin, yep. and I, apparently, and I, I only found this out through Wikipedia as well. Is Harvey is like. Um, what some Norse people called Odin, so they just yep. called him uh, Harvey to really throw people, you know, uh, yeah. so a misdirect. You, you, you go to Jotunheim in that game, I think it's Jotunheim, not Asgard, and you, you find yep. out that, you know, that Ragnarok's going to happen, everything's going to get destroyed, but there yep. is a way to live on. It's through reincarnation as part of yep. the, the, the mm. tree, that, like, your lifeblood has to go into that tree, which yep. happened in that arc. When you put all of those um, glitches together, you get a story of that actually happening. You yeah. see, um, you see Harvey, you see uh, a bunch of other of his people as well, uh, all plug themselves into the tree, and you see these babies growing on the tree, kind of thing, which is like the reincarnation of them. Yeah. So they're trying to give their life into that tree to become someone else, kind of thing, eventually. Um, yeah. And also in that video, Loki wasn't he wasn't supposed to be in it. They're all trying to keep him out of the reincarnation point, but he sneaks in at the end and actually kills one of the guys in the chair and be, and goes into the chair himself, gets reincarnated. And I think that the reincarnation of Loki is supposed to be Basm. Yes. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're you're right. Yeah. And that's why Basm's because Basm only turned weird when he went into that area right at the yeah, very end yeah. there because that's when the incarnation happened and loki took over kind of thing yeah, but like that's what well, see this is something though that like it still feels jarring in the story anyway because you only know this with the added context from completing those that's anomalies right. that's yeah. the true which ending, isn't yeah. very that's not very good storytelling no like, not at all not, it, 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 and it made that ending not feel great at all and i and to Agreed. be honest i still even knowing that because i did check out uh, like the details and stuff of 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 the the uh, clip you get after the anomalies and I, look I do I did enjoy like the reveal I thought it was cool that you know they're all reincarnations you know it's obviously very uh, heavily hinted at throughout the game that all these different characters are reincarnations oh, of the Isu yeah. who were these gods back in the day um, but yeah it's it just still didn't really feel like it explained Basim's like other than that just because he is the reincarnation yeah. of Loki that automatically makes him bad it still Agreed. doesn't really explain what his motivations what, are what to happened? me maybe we'll find out later on yeah. but like as far as storytelling goes for this one title it just there it, it is didn't no come end for me. to this like normally a story yeah. has a beginning a middle yeah. and an end like you said before this one has a beginning it has a middle but then at the end what happens with Layla she gets caught in some sort of dream world where she's yeah, trying she's to find cool. out a yeah. uh, 
possible solution to save the world. And that's the end of that. She doesn't yeah. find the solution. You don't know what happens. Even her friends are like, where is she? And why is yeah. she not here? Yeah. We're chilling with Desmond. We, we, get, branches. we get so much plot in the ending, but it's the middle of a story. It's not the end of a story. And mm. it's quite, yeah. And it's quite, it's a, it's a weird feeling. Cause you're like, Oh, this is interesting. This is the turning point in a story. And then it ends. And it's, and like, I, I get where they're coming from in the sense that they go, oh, but you're playing, you're playing the main character and that's his ending. That's where his story ends. Sure, all these other way even more that, interesting though, characters. Even, yeah, but hang on. Even that, right? They find Eivor's body yeah. in North America. They find Eivor's body in North America yeah, in the Yeah, and plot. they don't explain that, no. You never find out where Eivor dies. You never see Eivor die. You have no idea where he goes. So how mm. does that end kind of thing? So Eivor's the story's story. got to continue. I bet any money will find the answer to that question in some paid DLC yeah. down well, the track. Get the season pass and we'll probably find out. And yeah, and like, I'm not cool with that. That's not, yeah. that's not what that's, you buy as, a game as, for. as we said before, yeah, that's just not good no. storytelling. And I just want to mention that... I have platinum this game. I've seen everything this game has to offer. There are no credits. You will not see credits roll. If you want to see credits, you've got to go to the menu and roll them yourself. Yeah, that is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And I felt so weird and judged because I knew I saw the ending of Mm. the game. I knew it because I'm like, this is is the ending of a game. This is way too much Mm. the ending for it not to be the ending. And then you just go back into the animus and nothing ends. And it's just such a strange feeling. The story just dies. Like, apparently... uh, Basim is now the host of Eivor yep. Yep. In, in the game, but Eivor doesn't die, so you don't exactly know what Basim wants out yep. of, you know, the bleeding effect it, or yeah, anything yeah. like that. It, yeah. it literally just drops off a cliff. Like, yeah, the, yeah. the story just comes to a halt. Yeah, it feels like the game just... The developers just wanted it to end, but they... Yeah, it's such a weird... <laughs> it's such a weird feeling, because if you cut to credits on anything, at least you have this feeling of closure, because mm. you're like... This is the intended ending. Yeah. But with that one, it's sort of like, um, you decide when it ends. And it's like, no, <laughs> no, fuck with You're telling a story. You're a director. Direct us when your fucking story has concluded. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, and you now, know, uh, we, we can play, we can choose to play games afterwards if we still want to play the game. But like, at least tell your story. And I feel yeah, like yeah. a story there was something missing. There was there was a lot of things missing in terms of an actual story. So I, I want to go back, guys. Every single cutscene in that game is told from the perspective of Eivor, right? It's mm. always in real time, and it's always one character talking to the other. That's actually weird for a game. In most games, cutscenes sometimes happen where the main character isn't even in it, and it's yeah. just two characters doing stuff, and it's setting a plot, and it's setting like things in motion. Like a movie. Yes, and movies tell stories in interesting, <laughs> interesting digestible ways. It, this actually feels like the least cinematic experience I've ever had from even a Ubisoft game. It just mm. it was weird. Yeah, look, I wouldn't argue that's nest. Like, there, there is like I think that is an issue with this game. But there is ways to tell interesting stories without having to leave the protagonist. And I'd argue something like God of War does that in the Norse mythology as well. That's too, true. Does that in Spades? You're, you're, yeah, you're no right. No matter what, you're you're over the shoulder yeah. of Kratos that entire game. And you're right. That is, is good story writing absolute, and telling yeah. for sure. You know, yeah, exactly. you know, for sure. Yeah. You've got a director, and yeah. there's real direction going on in everything. Every, it doesn't feel like static scenes of yeah. one person yeah. talking 
face on, then the next person talking, then the next person blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, and I, th- I think this uh, it all it, and it all starts at the very beginning. I think you made this point in a previous episode of ours, Lockie, that their motivations in the first place for even going to England, which just didn't really make any sense. Yeah. Like their 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 father had managed to get peace uh, by basically sort of kowtowing to the king of that realm but like in doing so you know there's no more war throughout that land which you know to any any person living in the, in, in 2021 thinks that's fantastic but these yeah. guys are like nah fuck that yeah. we want murder we want pillaging yeah. we yeah. want to go and destroy the lives of these poor yeah. people just trying to live their lives and, over in England and you know and what they, and we're supposed to be on board with this I agree and you know what they even flesh it out further than that when at the end of the game before the final mission you go back to Norway, and you see your father, Sigurd sees his father one more time to basically mm. spit in his face and call him a pussy, and his father, <laughs> and, and his father, like, and his father even explains his motivations further than that, other yeah. than just wanting peace. They were actually the last clan to hold out from um, from from Harold's seizure of Norway. So all of Norway, ninety eight percent of Norway, had already been taken over, and he they would have had to take on ninety eight percent of Norway's population in order to continue <laughs> fighting. So they they did not have a choice. It was not even a simple matter of him just wanting peace. It was like, do you want to die or yeah. do you want? Or do you want to live? Just it, on it was that, too, though, that. like, Sigurd's story arc, right, is, uh, you know, he goes to England for stupid reasons, of course. Oh, but yeah, then while he's over yeah, there, let's dominate that. England. And then he gets yeah. captured, and then he's like, oh, wait, no, I've got another dream now that I want to follow that's bigger than all of this. Yeah. And yeah. you end up getting back to oh. Norway. You find out that his dream is just <laughs> a load of shit because it's a, it's a computer simulation or something of Valhalla and how that's supposed to be. Yeah. Eivor eventually says, you know what, mate, this is all fake. It's all a load of shit. You need to leave now. So yeah. you leave with him, and then Sigurd after that has no purpose. Like his entire yeah. story arc yeah. was to do oh. exactly that. He's like, oh he, my he, God, yes. first off, he, he like halfway through they make a point of him getting the shits with Eivor being the leader and taking a leadership role throughout the the, uh, the encampment. Yeah, and then at the very end, after they go to Valhalla, and you know he just follows Eivor out and decides to just leave, like completely going. To, this is everything he's been searching for, apparently. And then yeah, he just decides. All right, now I'm just going to hang out and just be a be a mate. He literally gives be up a friend. on life. He's like, Avon, you yeah, can be the like leader I, now, yeah, and, and I'm done, kind of thing. Like, yeah, and now yeah, I'm <laughs> cool with you being the yarl, even though I made a big song and dance about it before. Yep. Now yep. that I have nothing I care about, just whatever, you be the yarl, and I'll I'm just done. chill here with. Yeah. Apparently, if you make certain decisions earlier on in the game, uh, he it, like you know you. you go against his wishes with stealing supplies and things like that he goes back to norway uh rather than staying at your camp and just uh, sort of hanging out yeah uh so i guess there is something there but like really the the, the arc just sort of just doesn't really make any sense with sigurd and it's probably like I, I don't know if it's his or basim's that's worse yeah, both yeah. of them are terrible and, and i want to get into that as well because um sigurd all right, so when I got the ending where Sigurd says basically, oh, because of your choices, you actually are a, di- a better leader than me, so yeah. I'm just going to hang out in the camp and you can be the yeah, leader. That's what Fuck I got, it. yeah. Same. And, oh, yeah. okay, so we all got the same thing. Oh, yeah. So mora- morality-wise, we're all sort of on par. So that's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, yeah, so 
I was I had the affair with his wife. Um, so did I. Yeah. What it? What's Randy. her name? Yep. Randy. Oh, Ran- Ranvi. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, and and that I was Randy for Ranvi. Yeah. Ra- yeah, that's it. Well, and also she's like one of two female love interests that you can get if you're playing male Eivor. You get so many gay experiences oh, and only two. Gay. Yeah. yeah, there's only two straight experiences. So either you're into Ranvi or you're or you're getting nothing but cock for the rest you of the game. And this is coming from Randy. a gay. This is coming yeah. from a gay guy. I found that so fucking funny like yeah. ubisoft <laughs> like ubisoft really wanted hetero they, guys to not have a hetero that experience that was so funny yeah mm. you know another I, thing as well sorry <laughs> sorry gents just on this though yeah. um we're, we're just going back to story wise right yeah. um another thing that just blew my mind is alfred king alfred has been like portrayed as the main antagonist but only towards yes. the end of the game he's the main antagonist and you're yep. like right we got to take the word over from alfred we got to kill him he's betraying people rah rah you you get to a mission where you end up taking out his second in co- in command and alfred's yep. now retreated because he's going to launch some sort of attack guess yep. what attack never happens and then at the end when you actually do confront alfred again he's like I've given up that life. I'm now a man of this town. Okay. I don't want any sort of violence. And and Eivor doesn't have the option to kill him at all. It's all like, you must understand that he is now a, t- a changed man and you must let him be. Yes, yeah, really oh, and, and to add further context to this, you don't get any of this, any of this at all, unless you go and hunt down all the zealots, all the uh, all the members. Yeah, the, the, all yeah I, I didn't get so, any of this. Yeah, the game ended for me. The Alfred thing plot line, uh, plot line was unresolved, yeah. and I was just like, and I was like, yep, yeah, no, I'm not playing through all this bullshit bonus content just to be able to resolve my actual you, story. And it's not because it wasn't a good. Though, like, it wasn't a good. It didn't resolve. Yeah, well, there you go. How how insulting is that? Is that the resolution that they offer you at the end isn't even well, a resolution? Look, Great. This, this is what they went with. He was the you know the grand wizard or whatever. <laughs> That's not the right term. The grand <laughs> wizard. <laughs> Sorry, what? He was, a king. he was the one who ran. He was the one who ran the order anyway. And uh, the order. basically, oh, was his Alfred? Whole thing was, oh, was Alfred yeah. the Templar leader? Yeah, he was. He was. And basically, uh. Uh, when Eivor rocks up, he's he's retired to a quiet life. Uh, on that's uh, right next to a lake Some and fishing he's village. Being, being humble and kind and doing earthly chores and stuff. So Baking we're supposed bread to, supposed to sympathise with him. And then, uh, yeah, he explains so because that he's he was making actually bread, retired. We're he supposed to forget tr- that he was being a dick through the yes. entire campaign. Yes, you are. Yeah. Yes, you are. <laughs> but also, so the way they justify right. it is throughout the entire time when you're hunting down the the Templar members, you keep getting messages from someone known as the uh, Soldier of Christ or something like that. Yeah. And uh, basically, you end up finding out that he was the Soldier of Christ. So basically, he helped you take down all of the Templars from the inside. But yeah, you're right, Aaron. Even knowing that, even knowing that that's like, you know, his sort of story arc, he was actually sort of on your side all along. He kind of does a whole thing at the end where he's like, but you know what? I think we should all follow me and we should all be under God. And I'm just going to run off and try and do my thing and do that. And then Eivor's just like, all right, no worries. Eivor's kind of like that with everything. I wouldn't. He's kind of like, yeah, all right, no worries. Yeah. 
I wouldn't have cared so much about the plotline of Alfred if it wasn't in my face. Like, even the trailer, mm. right? If you remember the trailer when this got revealed, uh, Assassin's yeah. Valhalla got revealed, he's right there on the battlefield yeah. commanding his soldiers to go kill all the Norse that are invading and everything. He's yeah. right there, made as the main antagonist kind of thing. Yeah, in the that's game, because... he's supposed to be the main antagonist. The resolution How... at the end, no matter which way you slice it, is he's a reformed man who's actually really nice and let him be, enjoy his life. Yeah, the, it, how amazing is that? Is um, it must have been tricky to put the trailers together for this game because if you were to abridge, like, what is the central conflict of this game? What is it that this game is leading towards? It really isn't leading towards anything. Like, there is no the central conflict is is the is the conflict in in Britain, right? And and you know you're warring with this main king, and you're right, Alfred is meant to be the central conflict of that. But story wise. The most he feels like he has an impact on the game is when he takes Sigurd, and then he disappears after that, and it's really boring. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, I, I th- you're absolutely right. I didn't even think about that with the marketing, Aaron. Like, he was front and center. He was Darth Vader. He was yeah. the big bad, you know? And yeah, you get to the end of the game, and most of the... T- like, other than the time he takes Sigurd, most of the time you're interacting with him, you're just... You're working with him, and and it's barely in the game at all. So, yeah, you really don't get that big bad to sort of go after. I guess Basim sort of is the big bad, but you just oh, yeah, you don't you know. Can't re- you can't end. find a resolution there either, though. Like, you can't yeah. do anything about Basim. So, it's uh, another look, one that drops off a cliff. Uh, yeah, can uh, I just look, quickly, I was, really yeah. quickly, I've got a theory as to what I think the ending of the game is supposed to be. And I don't know if you've had this one, Lockie. I'm pretty sure you have, though, Aaron, where basically you talk to the blacksmith... Uh, and he has a mission where he says he wants to get married. Uh, and then when you're ready to do that, you do that. And basically, as a whole bunch of characters that show up sort of from throughout the game. And you can talk to them and there's the wedding ceremony. And I feel like... Because it, it kind of reminded me a lot of the uh, scene in Odyssey where you sit down with your family at the end. Which I felt like was the ending for Odyssey. So... That's my best guess as to what the ending may have been, but as as you can see, I'm still skeptical because, like, it still didn't really feel that much like an ending. It still didn't. It d- definitely didn't put a bow on it. It kind of just happens. So what do you, What do you think, Aaron? Do you reckon that might have been what they were going uh, for? Maybe it's a stretch, though, Zach, because that 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 mm. character was an NPC, like a side, a very side NPC character. Did ha- you, you did have you a storyline. You do do line. side yeah. quest for him, though. You do have, you're you right. Do do you do quest. have a storyline that you do follow with him as well. But he has an arc. He, he does have an arc, but you can't ignore... It's really the, boring. You can't ignore the meta... <laughs> he finds love. Yeah. You, you can't, you can't ignore the Everyone's meta Everyone's arc is story. so boring and shitty. Yeah. You, just what I'm getting at here, though, is you can't yeah. ignore the meta story. You can't. Yeah. You, you can't, can't ignore no. Layla. It's an Assassin's just, Creed game. You can't ignore Layla just hanging out in some world with a project to do that you never see a conclusion of. And you mm. can't ignore Basim's betrayal and try to say, oh, that's not the actual ending of the story. Uh, the yeah. end of the story is Gunnar's wedding. Gunnar's wedding. Yeah. Like, Look, I, I, I got, I got to... S- I yeah. gotta say, like I've I've never really expected an ending to the whole you know he- heavy sci-fi side of Assassin's Creed because you know once that's ended, then that's the end of Assassin's, Assassin's Creed. Creed like, they, they, they kind of did that with three. <laughs> yeah. they, they yeah, did they, have they, like they a sort of ending. Yeah, they they, 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 they gave you like five multiple endings on, you could choose to end on. Exactly, but since then there's just been so many titles. I feel like they're probably going to going to want well, to that's avoid just it, like, that for a while. Maybe yeah, no, in the right. DLC, but once again, that's Black Flag, you know, not good enough. Black Flag, Rogue, uh, Unity, and Syndicate, I believe, all had no name protagonists. 
for mm. the meta story. Like you are literally mm. in four, you were just recruited by Abstergo to go in there and collect some data on what life in the Caribbean's like, kind of thing. Mm. There was no main character there. You didn't even see mm. yourself in a cutscene or anything. Same with Rogue. Same with oh, Rogue had a little bit more because that was more like a Templar to becoming a Templar instead of an assassin. Um, mm. So Abstergo was in play there, but there was a little bit more story. But Unity and Syndicate, not at all. So th- mm. one, two, and three had Desmond Miles, which carried along like a full story and then ended. Um, mm. And then when they rebooted it with Origins, Odyssey, and this one, you had Layla um, as the main uh, protagonist there of the Although- meta story. Although, with that said, interestingly enough, the meta story only kicks in in this one because nothing. Layla's doing shit, but there's no actual urgency to what she's doing. She's just following rules based on. She's following objectives based that are set by her um, assassin's order. They're saying, check out these sites. Check out this site. Um, we reckon there's a there's an item of power here. And then you get the staff in Odyssey. And so you're already mm. two games in and there's no story there. And then in number three, mm. which what makes number three so interesting to begin with is that they already, they already pull this back into the meta story going, the world is ending again. And mm. you've got to figure out what the fuck to do about it. And you're like, wow, mm. this is really interesting. I, I liked that stuff. And I, I don't so much have a problem with how they wrapped it up um it it felt like it was a very wanky meta narrative on how do we end this up we could end it in multiple endings and that's why desmond's sifting through all the ultimate alternate versions of reality to fix things so he's kind of like a writer in the writer's room he's a stand-in for the writers trying to think (laughs) how do we fix this story and so the ending is they don't they they end the story trying to figure out for all eternity how to fix the story which is ironic Right? He dies in three. I think he sacrifices yeah, he himself to save the world from being destroyed. Yeah, but in this yeah, one they're yeah. saying that that failed and he's he's now yeah, in the that right. Isu yeah, computer so, world. Yeah. Yeah, so they've completely retconned that anyway. Yeah, so they have. like really yeah. there hasn't yep, like the, right. that story hasn't really ended. No, you're they've right. found a way to continue it. And and even and even those ones that didn't Yeah, it's have like Terminator. Central... It's it, that's how Terminator movies happen. They basically yeah. say, forget about all the previous movies where that was meant to be the last time. Yeah. It's not the last time. Yeah, and, and and even all those 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 uh, Assassin's Creed games that didn't have a central character around, and they still had like that meta narrative that was flowing throughout it. But it was just this constant effort to never really give it a definitive answer. And as I said, I just don't think they they ever really will. They'll do these sort of faux endings where it's kind of concludes the character's arc but then still leaves things open in the future yeah you know what Uh, Desmond can come back Layla can come back fucking anyone can come back and who knows when their arc really will you may not have played it but you may have uh, or finished them but Black Flag and Rogue both of those two together the actual ending of the story literally passes the baton to each other like Mm. uh, at the end I'll, I'll go to Rogue so at the end of Rogue you play as Connor and Connor goes over to Paris to kill a Templar at the very mm. end. You end up killing a Templar in front of a in front of his son, and then you walk off and credits roll. In Unity, mm. you play as the son, older now, kind of thing, and you do your mm. whole another story arc kind of thing. But it ended with you know Rogue passing it over to Unity, and then yeah. you were, and then you going from there. So they kind of branched the story across, and they did a pretty yeah. good job with it. But well, yeah, they're class. They're passing on the ba- baton this time out of world meta narrative to Basim. 
Mm. <laughs> uh, I feel like his arc will end at the end of the yeah. season pass. I don't think they're going to keep Basim around for longer than that. I'll oh, be no shocked. way. No, I think I think Basim's the central character moving forward. I think okay. it's the exact opposite. I think they spent an entire game building up this character to basically be the most recognisable character of the franchise. So I think it's going to be Basim heavy for the next several games. Oh, that, don't Shocking. tell me that, man. I, I do not enjoy yeah. his character. I like him. Like I actually... I really liked the character. Okay. I thought I thought his motivations turning into a laughing maniac at the end sucked, but the actual character himself, I think... Um, I think he feels very much... He feels like he fits in in the very first Assassin's Creed game because he's Middle Eastern, he's very reserved and serene, so he very much fits in with the original Assassin's Order. Um, and I really like that they made a very original, very first Assassin's Creed character a pivotal character back you, into the do fold. Do you think that they're trying to do that? Do you think yes. that they're trying to make Basim be the mentor in the first Assassin's Creed game where he's now, actually a Templar and you... And he's trying to teach uh, Altair the whole time. No, no, I don't. No, I don't think. I think it's just a nod, a nod to their successor as what started the franchise going. Okay. I, I don't think. No, I don't think they're going to go cyclical with that timeline. No, yeah. I, I, I think either he's going to be the main main antagonist or the main protagonist of the next game. I'm not sure where they're going there. Um, he's set up to be an antagonist in this one, but then at the very end, they have him like just in a normal wolf t-shirt as a fun little nod to him being Loki descendant, um, mm. and his, and Loki's son being a wolf, Fenra, but, um, yeah, and him looking like this normal bloke. So I don't know, like, is he going to be a protagonist or antagonist? I don't know, but I think he's going to be central because that's his whole, they spent an entire yeah, game the, building Yeah, the story didn't character. end. It didn't end. No. So therefore no, he, you have no, to No, his story's not over. It's not over. Mm. Yeah. No, and, the, and now the interest, and it is an interesting conversation conflict that they've set up they set up a great conflict for future titles which is we now have an isu um or at least as close to an isu as we're going to get an isu descendant that consciously is an isu um because he seems to remember everything loki remembers even though um avor didn't remember everything harvey remembered so explain to me that fucking plot hole but anyway he is loki <laughs> for for all intents and purposes he's definitely loki he's not Bastion yeah, anymore so right. we now have a god in the modern world, what shit is he going to get up to? Probably not not good shit, so I'm thinking he's going to be the main antagonist of the next one. Yeah. Yep. Look, I'm curious to see where that goes as well too, but it's just, like, just for me, him just as a character, yeah, I'm not a fan of how they've they've sort of taken him, like he's kind of, yeah, it's it's... It's a little bit Jim Carrey Riddler for me. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. It's, I, I agree with you. I hate what they did with him right at the end, the personality change. But everything mm-hmm. before that, I think he's the best character that came out of that game. Sigurd was a flat line. Sigurd made no sense. Uh. Um, like, he, his motivations made no sense to begin with. He came across as a cunt, and he was a cunt the whole way throughout... And, um, yeah, I just couldn't stand that. Eivor was a, was a bit of a flat line. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Eivor, voice actor-wise, um, you know, Spade's better than Alexios. Alexios was unplayable. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah Alexios really was unplayable, but I still have problems with Eivor. You and know, you know a- the reason why they picked uh, Magnus Braun as Ava, though, right? Like, uh, the reason uh, why they did that. Have you guys ever seen the show The Last Kingdom? No. no, I'm about to start a, watching. Yeah, it's good. It's a Viking series. Uh, there's yeah. four seasons. So Magnus Brun actually plays a Viking in that. And, oh. and Ubisoft, oh, has, you Ubisoft has seen his acting going, okay, this guy's a pretty good convincing Viking. Like, they yeah. actually did their research this time, whereas Alexios, they didn't. They, they didn't look at yeah. any kind of uh, Greek 
TV shows slash movies slash influencers already to kind of pre-screen who they're going to pick. They went with a voice actor and it was terrible. But this time around, they went with one that actually had credibility. And that's how they picked Eivor. Well, I think he was a I think he was a good voice actor, but I didn't agree with the direction they chose for him. Okay, so what I mean, like, do, do do you mean like his acting or the yeah yeah character I, yeah okay. the choice the choice in his in his voice acting? So here's the thing: you establish that Avor is um is uh the son of a Yarl in a very small town in the middle of barbarian land. So he's in a very remote <laughs> I area. Think I know where you're going. With yeah, this, he's yeah. a very remote area of Norway in and of itself, and. Yeah. And Eivor, and Eivor as an adult, um, he sounds like a British noble throughout the entire game. He's going on and on about poetry, and he sounds like a noble ponce most of the game, and and like you know this really noble aristocratic personality, very diplomatic, yeah. and yeah. it's completely out of line with his upbringing, and yeah. I mm. and it doesn't. It just doesn't make sense, yeah. and, and it yeah. gets very frustrating for last, him, to be Last honest. thing I'll say on the story, just on my side of things, and I was actually talking to your brother about this the other day, Lockie, is um, the you know how when it comes to the narrative, uh, when, when actual you know, cutscenes are happening, you get to choose what kind of response you want to give? Some of those responses I read and go, oh, I'd like to say exactly that. And you'll click on it, and it doesn't say exactly that. It changes. Yeah. Like, there was one there that said something like, F off. I'm like, yeah. yeah, really stick it to him, Ava. I'm going to press that one. I press that one. It's like, and he, he says, I don't like what you're saying. It's aggravating me. It's like, no, that's not what yeah. I asked you to say. And he says <laughs> it in that way. I don't like what you're saying. It's aggravating. That's not a, how a barbarian would speak. But, that's all I'm saying is he sounds, I, I don't like what you're saying. It's very aggravating. Like, it, like yeah. he sounds like a British noble. So it's very confusing from the, from the get-go there, character. But don't give me something mm. as strong as F off and then, yeah. and then water it down with yeah. something like that. Like, don't yeah. do that. Yeah, no, you're yeah, absolutely right. That's it's a Fallout, Fallout 4 problem yeah. the whole way through yeah. that game. They give you the gist of what you're going to say and you're basically just kind of hoping that what they're saying is going to reflect what you actually want to say. Cyberpunk 2077 definitely had this same issue as well too so yeah i I couldn't agree with you more and it it, it was all part of there was a lot of narrative dissonance around the the viking theme in general like the whole you know you're these vikings but you're like these honorable vikings that don't rape and pillage and i'm not saying you should be able to rape and pillage in the game you definitely should not but like yeah there's definitely this weirdness to like oh i swing my axe and i accidentally hit a civilian and it's like oh okay yeah you're not being a true Viking. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. it's bullshit. Yeah, absolute bullshit. And also, you do pillage, and you pillage all the time, and you and you steal these crops, crops and food sources from everyone. And yeah, and suddenly you're 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 being ennobled because you're killing someone in battle, as opposed to forcing them to starve to death a month. I don't from know. Now. I, I like, say just go. For I hated it. that. Just, yeah, just, just go I, I agree. Like, I agree. I didn't think Avil was a good person, and I didn't think there was anything noble about him. But the game kept trying to force this nobility onto have, have you, you guys and played, it didn't make sense. You guys play Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two? Yeah. Okay, yes, there's a story yeah. mission in that called No Russian. You're aware of it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. very controversial these days. These days, mm-hmm. extremely controversial. And Lockie, just to fill you in on this, you go mm. undercover um, in a terrorist group and you go to an airport and you murder everybody in the airport. So, like, children, families are all trying to run away. You mow them down. 
and you kill them all. It is extremely controversial these that days. That is so much fun. In, in 2009, when that came out, <laughs> in 2009, when that came yeah. out, it pretty much yeah. wasn't even like... Look, he's joking, by the way. Yeah, he's I'm joking. a really, really dark joke. Just oh, yeah, People yeah. listen to this show who live in America. And no, it's yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm I saying it sarcastically. It I'm saying it sarcastically. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, here's the thing, but though. With I'm, video games, violence, violence is an aspect of the video game. So it's... It, it, it's one of those things where you you want you want to be that psycho that mows everyone down, but you don't want to feel like you're in a context of something like that happening in real life. No, because mm. that's a tragedy where people have suffered, actually suffered, and so you'd feel bad about that. So you want it to be contextless violence, not context-based violence. What I'm getting if at, that though, makes sense. yeah, what I'm getting at though is um like that was a tragedy if you look at it in what taking it for what it is but it's also yeah. part of the narrative and it adds to the narrative and it's part of the game and everyone understands that like i understand that you will have young kids that you know pick up these games and play it but it does have an ma 15 plus rating like it's supposed to be for edu- educated kids to go this is fun mm. and it's part of the game but i'm actually not going to go and do this in real life because if you actually mm. want to bring that element to <laughs> well, it, yeah, then yeah, any yeah, you hope, game you is, hope that is everyone that, that plays the game makes that conscious decision. Yeah, I'm not going to go ahead with this. With, well, in exactly. Real life. Otherwise, you've got to <laughs> literally ban every shooter game ever made because nah. that's literally shooting things, right? He, so here's take the thing. Off the Here's the thing. Um, there have been parent groups where where um, concerned mothers have always thought that video games were rotting their kids' brains and were going to turn them into little terrorists. If if we actually had terrorist groups that came about because of video game violence, they would have pounced on that uh, immediately. A single case of that happening, they would have pounced on it immediately and used that as yeah. an excuse to ban all video games together. If, it hasn't happened. If you talk, People yeah. use violence for real world real world e- examples. It's religion. It's it's land. It's bad blood. It's history. It's never about video games. Exactly. That yeah. all that stuff existed before video games were even invented. You had two yeah, world wars no. before it, video games not, invented. It's not. Yeah. It's, and and yeah. look to bring it back to Assassin's Creed. It's not like and they, they, they. It's not like they couldn't have gone a bit further with that kind of stuff because that you were dismembering people. You were lopping heads off left and right. They were putting pretty graphic shit in the game, but yeah, they still try to come up with some kind of weird narrative reason. Yeah, for why it was a weird sanitization. Yeah. Even the even the his taking over of England, they try to sort of portrayed as like they're they're freeing the people of England but they're really sort of more just you know changing the ruler to the ruler they prefer yeah no they're murdering uh, everyone of the predominant religion um yeah, like it's it's like, it's real they're an invading force they're the bad guys they're not yeah, good it's it's yeah it's yeah it's crazy yeah, <laughs> the, the, I, yeah. I I also hated that they put them they kept trying to make them appear like these heroes and they they weren't they're were horrible people mm. um yeah can yeah. we can we talk gameplay is that all right because i've got yeah, so, yeah, go yeah, i've go got so much to say gameplay wise right like right. uh i love the assassin's creed parkour like it's it's good fun it's part of the game it, it is what it is right but my mm. favorite in all of assassin's creed is syndicate and the reason why i like syndicate is because you can get to places super fast in Syndicate. Yes, you have the quick, what do you call it? Quick travel or fast travel? Yeah, fast travel, but yeah. But even when you're not fast traveling, go down to the street, grab a horse and carriage, keep mashing A, and you fly through those streets at extreme mm. speed. If you want to get mm. to the top of somewhere and you can't be asked actually climbing to the top of somewhere because that takes a while, yeah. use your hook shot and you're up the top there in seconds. I praise that game for the speed and the and how fast it makes you move along places because yeah. essentially you want to do that. This game took a step back in that big time. And the reason why I say that is um, if you hop on your horse, mount, whatever you're going to use, and you yeah. go anywhere that's off, 
tracks or off paths, expect extreme slowdown with speed. If you go yeah. up a hill of any kind, your best bet is actually to get off your horse and run up the hill because it gets to the point where the horse is barely moving forward. Mm. And that just frustrates yep. the hell out of me when I want to get somewhere. And I'm literally mm. like almost army crawl speed up a hill on a mount. Yeah, just, it's oh. a real problem with, op- with with open world games. It's the worst thing because the whole point of an open world game is to explore the world you're in. And if you limit the tra- the traveling, uh, the traversal of that game to, to snail crawl, and I agree with you, this is... Um, Greek was Odyssey was like that as well. It was incredibly slow, and even even the fastest speed in your horse didn't feel all that fast. And I think Ubisoft is doing it because they release their game on multi platforms, and so even if you're playing on a PC, you're still only being able to travel as far as fast as your shittiest console, um, because the game looks bad loading up low res textures. Uh, but I yeah. would take I would take yeah. low res textures over slow traversal any day of the week and I wish they would reverse their decision. I mean there's that. two but, there's... But, but at least Go in on. Assassin's Creed Odyssey they didn't slow down your horse when you were going up a hill. You still maintained a constant speed. So you, that that was a like a little bit better uh, and it feels like I think you're right Aaron they definitely took a step back in that direction. And for people like us who are clearing out the entire thing, something as frustrating as just trying to get to the top of a hill and having to get off your horse and all that is just not good enough and it was even more glaring because i just come off the platinum of uh, immortals phoenix rising which is a game where they absolutely nail the maneuvering around the world you can glide you can instantly jump onto a horse which the horse can even boost you have all these different mounts Uh, as you upgrade your stamina you can glide almost across the entire map it's it's an absolute Mm. joy to traverse that world and then to come back to something like assassin's creed valhalla where i'm just trying to go up a hill and i'm like moving at a snail's pace it's it's jarring it's annoying Uh, like in, in big open worlds you should have options to travel as fast as you want like far cry for instance far cry 5 i'm gonna reference here anyway maybe not the rest of them maybe four but with far cry 5 if i want to get somewhere quick i'll go steal a biplane and i will fly Mm. over the entire world and jump out when i want parachute down the whole lot fantastic Mm. you've given me the option of either going by foot going by bike going by car going by plane getting but even driving even driving by car in that game didn't feel slow like you you didn't feel like your limit was being inhibited whereas yeah Mm. this game even on the horse even your fastest thing you felt like you're being inhibited All, all i'm getting at is like if you have open worlds and i understand fast travel's a thing but a lot of the time missions that are in between points of fast travel or you want yeah. to get somewhere in between them yeah. like uh you you got to give me the option to get there fast you can't mm. just make me go at a snail's pace because that's the way you wanted to design it like i understand that they're trying to bring realism into the fact that you know but if you're trying to get a horse up a hill like that in real life the horse won't be able to do it and you know they'll slow down and blah 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 mm. this isn't real life like you can't yeah. look at assassin's creed and go we're going to try to make this as realistic as possible like yeah. to well, and also red they dead 2 for y- that leave <laughs> the one with the vikings and all the gods and stuff to be unrealistic we got red dead 2 if we want to go super slow on a horse up a hill yeah but even red yeah. dead 2 felt faster on a horse than did. Um, this fucking mm. game did you can so, you can change you know, your speed on a yeah. horse on red dead you can yeah. ride slow you can ride fast You've got the option. This one, it caps your speed. Yeah. Like if you're mm. on a on a path, you can only go as fast as it's going to let you go. And then you're, that's it. And yeah, you're fucking trotting on this horse the whole way through. That's the last, speed that you're going at. And last thing just, I'll say, sorry, yeah. about traversal as well before we move on, is um, uh, wouldn't be so bad too if uh, you didn't have so many goddamn farms and fences 
So mm. in England, if you actually just decide, you know what, I'm not going to take the roads, I'm going to that point now and I'm going to go off-road, you are consistently jumping over a fence or a brick wall, like a small brick wall, or something mm. like that. There, it is not just open paddock and open land the whole way like, I don't know, a uh, Forza Horizon game or something like that is. Mm. You will absolutely be stopping to jump over a fence or slowing down because there's obstructions. Like, it's, it, it does not at all cater for people that want to move through an open world fast. This mm. is not your game. And jumping over those fences is so janky. Like, if you're going to yep. make us do it a million times, yeah. at least make it like smooth. It's smooth but yeah. it just, it's, sometimes it won't even activate. It, it's yeah, it's bizarre. No, and also the animation itself. It actually reminds if if you terrible. go if you go back to um, Ocarina of Time on Nintendo 64, ah. which is the first game where you could ride a horse in a 3D open world and jump over fences. It's the exact same goddamn animation. It's it is. so janky. It is yeah. as janky as the, as back it then. Is. And that that should not be um you should be able to design it where it can anticipate an obstacle coming and have it fluidly jump over with yes. it without it feeling like a complete imp- impediment for it to or get that animation over just don't have fences over. everywhere or just minimize well, the amount of farms and fences well mm. there's the thing and that's what i think it's good good um transition into world design because i mean yet the the anglo the anglo world is a pretty boring world and we uh, it was always something that i was hesitant to have as an Assassin's Creed game. Um, and I think, um, like, what they did with the Roman stuff was really neat, that they peppered, you know, these ro- Rome, cool Roman ruins into the world and the backgrounds and the puzzles. But then it started feeling very samey in all of the regions. Yeah. Did you yeah, notice did. that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the only thing that I think uh, changed that view a little bit for me was just the, some of the forests that you go into. Like, a lot of the forests kind of were unique. Like, Sherwood Forest was nothing like another forest. And that was good. But yeah, Lockie, outside of the forest, it literally is a copy and paste job for almost every region. Yeah. Yeah, so that was was sort of a downfall. And and when they did it... And when you notice that it starts becoming feeling copy and pasty with each region, I mean they have a bit of variety. For example, you know, because they did Norway, they had good um, winter assets, so they did the north of England pretty well because it was mm. half Norway sort of feel. But yeah. but most of it, most of that midland and southland area, I feel like they really sh- they only needed three or four explorable regions there, and I would have loved to have seen more of Vinland because that's mm. where they really had a lot more variety and they could do a lot more with it. And yeah. they just and they it was so small and short. See, this is their third entry, right? Into trying to make like well, after the reboot, I'm talking about. So from Origins onwards, this is their third entry to kind of make something substantial and significant in regards to environment, like the other two did. You had Egypt, which was just incredible with the sand dunes and the water there and all, and the towns yeah. that you go through. You then had the Greek islands, which in the real world are beautiful. It's an amazing place to go and yeah. visit and see and all of that with with Odyssey, and then you get grey, dull England for the third, for the follow-up kind of thing from this Greek paradise. Yeah. Mm. And I was just like, what are we doing? Like, it's, don't get me wrong, it's good, but you can't, the consistency's dropped off. From, okay, uh, no, look, I, funnily Odyssey. enough, I'll have to, like, for, for me personally, I disagree with that one. I loved the look of England. I thought, like, despite uh, how drab it could have been, they did a very good job at... Uh, making a lot of the areas like look look distinct. I love Gloucestershire, 
But I think I, I think you're right, Lockheed. It's the same main issue that I've had throughout all the aspects of this game is it's just over bloated. There is way too much of that south and mid area, and they they like there there isn't enough to differentiate. There's a few standouts there for sure, and I think with with, with what they were working with, they did a great job. Mm. Um, some of the screenshots I've taken it, it look it just looks fantastic. The world design I, I absolutely love. All the towns to me, as much as yeah, they did get a bit samey. Uh, particularly, as you said, in that south to mid region, they, they always at least felt really well thought out to me. Like, you know, this is your your dock area where people are doing their fishing and the NPCs will reflect that. And there seemed like a lot of thought went into where, where everything is in the world and the, and the design there. But like, yeah, there was just a bit too much of it. You can only yeah. see so much of the rolling hills of England before eventually it's like, okay, yeah, I've seen it. And that's my key complaint is that they had the assets to, and they had the assets and the story opportunities to, that's where they could have made things really inf- uh, interesting and make their mm. turning point about going to Vinland. Maybe Sigurd mm. gets carted off to Vinland for whatever fucking reason. Maybe and end they, the story in Vinland so it, you exactly. understand where Eivor died and why yes. he went there and all. Yes. And, like... Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. That's, that, mm. That's where I was going with that, because that, it, it, w- what was the whole point of that fucking story? And they show you an Isu ruin at the end, and he gets the Isu artifact, and then he goes, "No, this story is not for me." And then he goes, and then he goes back on his four week fucking journey back to Britain, and I'm like, "What? What the fuck?" And if I told you, I guarantee you, we're going to find out how he ended up in that grave by the yeah. end of the season. Pass. Oh, that's, sure, that's what they're doing. Sure, here. but it's yeah. lame, and that yep. should be part of the main game. That is not yeah. a spin-off thing. Shouldn't have to pay for the yeah. conclusion to the story. Yeah. For sure. That's yeah, that EA level. Lame. That's EA level tactics, though, right? To give you mm. like, here's the game, but every, but if you really want to finish the game, uh, how much money do you have in your wallet, kind of thing? Oh, because we God. have to come for more of that if you want. Just do what they did in the nineties which is release a game and the whole thing's there. All right, Mm. you do sacrifice DLC because that wasn't in the 90s, but the entire game start to finish is there. If you want to make people come back for more, then yeah, add in things like the Yule Festival then, I guess, and give a few Mm. more side quests to it from there and maybe some extra weapons somewhere here or there. But I shouldn't have to pay for part one of Valhalla and then wait for the season part for part two of Valhalla. That shouldn't Mm. have to be the case. It yeah. wasn't, but the Vinland story wasn't even a satisfying story in and of itself. No, it no, was it very, it was a very rushed sort of, it felt like, yeah. oh yeah, this could have been very interesting, but nothing was fleshed out in any meaningful way. Not even the character of the guy that we're go- after. We're just going after this dickhead son who had one scene at the very beginning of the game. And by the time you get to Vinland, you're at least 30 hours into the game minimum and you're just like this is all very frustrating and this is bad storytelling and it comes back to i think the the director of this game was dog shit um and i think they did a very bare bones job from a directing standpoint because the story structure there was good stuff there not everything was great but there was good stuff there for example the ending had a lot of stuff crammed in that could have been doled out in healthier Mm. ways throughout the story to keep you interested like um, Basim's turning point, the revelation that there's Isu shit going on, even that weird computer glitch thing happened. It's all just rushed and crammed in right yeah. at the ending. Put that in earlier in the game. Yeah. Why? Like, why did it happen? Even, even, even the, the yeah. central, like probably for what felt to me like the central narrative hook, which was the relationship between Avor and Sigurd, like that, the end, like that had so much potential. I was so invested and so interested to see how it was going to turn out. And when it finally got to the conclusion, I was just... 
You know, yeah. they have... Yeah, potential. and also he gives you his wife. Um, the, the, at the end, yeah, at the end, he's no, just no, like, he's just like, wife. by the way, I've divorced my wife because we're not getting along and I'm totally cool with the fact that you've been cheating with her this yeah. whole time. Also, <laughs> here's the leadership up. of my town. Like, that is not Avor's... Uh, sorry, that's not Sigurd's character. Sigurd's character is that he's a selfish piece of shit that yeah. couldn't even give a shit about his father's motivations for peace and for the no, survival yeah. of his clan. <laughs> And now he's the ultimate cuck, yeah. uh, just for no <laughs> reason. But now he's like, I'm a changed man. <laughs> fuck that. Um, I've, fuck that. That's terrible story writing. I hated it. But um, I've got like three minutes left on my phone. That's why I'm starting to rush through oh, this okay, now. Yeah, look, uh, look I, I think uh, I'm pretty sure I've said everything I, I feel like yeah. I, I, I need to say on Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I guess just to quickly finish up, I, 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 despite all these things, I think just based on how much I love the world, I still love this game and it was my favourite one since Assassin's Creed 2. But yeah, there's a lot of these glaring issues and oh, and bugs. Mm. I had so many bugs throughout the playing of this. It, I could do a great reel of all the different bugs I've had. And it's, it's Soft locking has to oh, be yes. the most annoyingest thing ever in games. Like where you can't actually yeah. complete something because the game locks you out to do that. And I had one experience with one of the Drengars in East Anglia, which is still the case. I go over there. I've killed him. I go over there and he's just crouched on the ground and I can't press Y to get the closing dialogue yeah, I complete I've had, the mystery. I had the exact same glitch happen and that's what made me give up on, on exploring the rest of the lands and stuff because I'm like, yeah. well, if I don't get to experience everything, that's very frustrating. And that's when I went straight back to the plot and I'm like, I'm ready to finish off this You can't do now. that. Like, yeah. I get that glitches will happen, you know, with the, I don't know, the horse appearing on a rock or something. Yeah, but not, not like actual quests, not actually doing yeah. things the way like they're intended bro- to do. Like your yeah. brother. He had to come over he came over the the other day, like this like I was telling you. And yeah. he couldn't actually finish one of the quests on his Xbox One at home. I finished mm. it for him on the Xbox Series S because it yeah. worked all of a sudden on the S yeah, but it didn't it's work on the one. Alright, so <sighs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Do you need another hour? It's, it's, it's all a, it's Lucky's, it's, everything, Lucky's phone just fell over. Everything in my life it. is this delicate balance of the slightest nudge, and it all falls apart. It's like Ho- um, hopefully, hopefully you won't know thanks to my diligent editing <laughs> that there have been so many uh, behind the scenes bloody mishaps. <laughs> Throughout all these recordings, I hope you guys enjoy these episodes. Sorry, Lockie, you were saying? That's all right. So, like the buggy mess that is my life, um, how do we summarize <laughs> the buggy mess that is Valhalla? Um, yeah, so it's, it's look, it, to summarize it, that Valhalla has enough of a story, um, of an interesting story and interesting areas where they are able to keep your attention when they want to. So they clearly want to keep your attention at the uh, beginning and ending of the game. It's just the middle part. That's the big problem for them. They seem to, <laughs> there, there seems to be a lack of a director and a lack of writers, a severe lack. Um, like there's some good things to take away out of it. There's some good regions in there, especially earlier on in the game. I loved everything with Chailbert and um, that guy that kind of sounded like Eivor, I think his name was Eva. Maybe pick a name that's a little bit different to your protagonist uh, for clarity. Um, they're probably going with some historical thing there. I don't know. Um, but, yeah. 
<laughs> I there was so much of this game where they gave you glimpses of what could have been a much better game. So uh, Vinland could have been a much better game. <laughs> Less of Britain, more of Vinland, please. Um, the stories where they actually got into the Isu stuff, a little bit more of that. Basim is a great character, but at the end of the game, I couldn't tell whether um, Basim was still Basim but being the reincarnation of Loki, so, you know, being heavily influenced by Loki's stuff, or whether he was just Loki at that point. Did Loki take <laughs> over his consciousness? It doesn't... It's not clear. And that's really shitty storytelling, because it should be clear. And to be honest, um, you know, that's an interesting plot point that they really... That really could have been a midpoint turn where Basim unwittingly... You know, he's curious about all this stuff. He's got a bit of an interest. He's got weird dreams as well. But maybe at that point, he's still him. And, you know, a lot of the story and the midpoint turn is about him being completely taken over by Loki. And then at that point, you know what's going on and you know you're dealing with a different character. But it's never clear. So Hmm. I still don't know, yeah, what's, what's really going on there. I'm assuming it is just completely Loki. But if it is, they should explain why at least. Right? Mm-hmm. Anyway. They're a bit so, too low-key with it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, good like, it, yeah, it's it's lazy storytelling. It's like they've got this, this, you know, they had this outline for a story, and I don't know what the fuck happened to it in the game. Maybe it was production schedules, and they just didn't have time. Mm. And they, they, they properly did the beginning. They properly did the ending, but the in-between time, they didn't have enough time to rush mm. it out. But... Yeah, uh, that story really suffers, and the game becomes mm. a horrible slog through the midpoint. Really horrible. Um, I played a lot of games before, a lot of open world RPGs, and this has to be one of the worst storytelling devices that I've ever seen in any RPG. Um, and and I'm talking about RPGs from over ten years ago. At this point, were doing stories way better than these guys. So yeah, this was this was a low point for Ubisoft in that high point in terms of graphical fidelity. Game looks as good as it's ever been high point in terms of gameplay the combat has been as good as it's ever been but just just these nice touches to make it a really nice polished game it's just missing it all righty bloody aaron final thoughts yeah i've been hanging some crap on this game since we started talking about it but it's not all bad (laughs) um like Lockie said i do agree best combat out of all of the assassin's creed to date um fantastic that they modified the engine to bring in dismemberment um i love that uh, because a Viking is supposed to be brutal. Um, I love the uh, skill tree. I like all the different executions you can do with the different weapon variety. Um, I think combat's amazing. Um, like like Loki said as well, graphical fidelity. Yes, this is an amazing game, especially if you are playing it on the new uh, generation consoles with ray tracing Ooh. and the way that light shines through trees and everything when you come yeah, over yeah. a hill. Yeah. It looks it looks incredible. I've never seen a game like that. Um, yeah. So it, it, it took the first right steps for the next gen, um, which is fantastic. The story, yeah, like we said, it's in the toilet. It's one of the worst ones out of all of Assassin's Creed that I've played just due to the fact that there's too many black holes and uh, and the fact that it doesn't finish properly. So, mm. I don't know. If I was to rate this game myself, probably give it a 6, maybe, out of 10. Yeah. Just because, you know, you've got, you've got great gameplay and you've got great graphics, but that's not enough. Like, you really need mm. a good narrative to keep you going. Yeah, and it's mm. so frustrating because there's kernels of a good narrative in there. Yes. But it feels like they chicken out at every fucking point like that Vinland thing right at the ending you think that's when things are going to pick up narrative wise 
Yeah. Um, and, and, and just April, April literally says, you know what? I'm not going to deal with this. It's not my time. Like, what the fuck? It you know, feels that's like just you got the right. You're thing. right. The game gave so many opportunities to become something great. Like, there were so mm. many opportunities there. I was just saying to Zach um, off air as well that I did the whole uh, East Angular. Angular? Angular? Angular. A- Anglia, yeah. I did that whole area. And one of the most interesting parts of that was killing the three sisters of Lyrion. And mm. they're kind of like boss battles with like high powered witches and stuff. And I was like really interested in that. And I'd love mm. to explore like the Lyrion arc and all of that. Like that was interesting. Yet that was just a quick side little battle for you to get some goodies. Yeah. And then continue back on with the boring story of Sigurd and Eivor. So, yeah, you know. like they could have tied that into the narrative. I mean, they had all of these great assets in the game that they could have just tied better woven it better into the narrative and it would have been quite easy to be honest like make them antagonists make them pop up at various points and give them personality uh, fuck it's not yeah i think you've both hit the nail on the head at least for me i i I don't want to speak for you guys my my feelings about i think why i've been so harsh with and, and and found so many of these issues so glaring is because there's so many aspects of the game that I do truly love, and there's a really good game in there. As you said, there's kernels of greatness and some really mm. great ideas, but they just never really commit hard enough to any of them and don't really pull any of them off, unfortunately. Yeah, no. and like I said, when it comes to open world, especially big open world games, you know, like the likes of Ubisoft games, you need to give the players options to traverse fast. If you don't give them the option of that or yeah. you significantly slow them down, like we said before, jumping over fences or going up hills, then you're just bringing frustration into a game and no one wants it. Do you think that's a whole point in there? Would that have bumped it to a seven if you could just move across the yes. world nicely? Yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm 100% yeah. on that. Like, Syndicate, to me, gets so many points due to the fact that it is so fast to go everywhere. And it, you're talking yeah. open world. Like, you have to move around a lot. So give me the option to get there quick or take my time. There you go. Hot, yeah. hot takes. Tra- Traversal, mm-hmm. super Traversal, worth a whole point if you do it. If you fuck it up, you lose a whole point on a game review. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, it would have been that, a 7 out of 10 it's, game. It's funny. No, I agree with you. It's it's along the lines of, we've had that before. That's what we're used to. Why would you take that away from us? And whenever you take something away from what people expect, that's a big mm. deal. People always really notice that. They, 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 they know in their brain something's wrong, but if they have something they can zero in to understand, yep, I had that before. Why am I not getting that now? Yeah, you like the game. So many of those, just these little things, just taken away. And let us know if you feel like you've had a little part of you taken away by having to listen to this insane, <laughs> insanely long spoiler episode on Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I, I hope you guys have enjoyed it. If you have, let us know. If you didn't, also let us know, and you can send that feedback to news to reviews podcast at gmail.com you can also hit us up on all the socials facebook twitter and instagram our twitter handle is at news to reviews and that's with a number two instead of the word two and that's the best place to keep track of everything that we are doing aaron and loki it's been lovely doing this episode with you, this spoiler episode. I've had a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun talking about it. And I do, I you know, props to Ubisoft. I do. They did bring out a game that's good to talk about. And, you know, that's rare. Some some games, you know, they're, they're just genuine duds in 6 out of 10 games and you can't talk about it like this. So, do, you know, you know. do you know the first game that, sorry, just in, in my closing, do you know the first game that kind of... Um, uh, insinuated that though, Lockie, like to get around with your friends and have a conversation about it. 
It's uh, actually in the design of the game itself. It's the is, legend- it, is, it, is it the game of thrones? <laughs> That's a good one to talk about, absolutely. <laughs> no, yeah. it's actually the original Legend of Zelda, because yeah. the way that Miyamoto made that game is so that you have no idea where to go half the time, mm. and you need to have a conversation with your friends about, all right, where are you up to? Have you been there yet? Have you? How did we get through here? He designed it that way. Like, literally, to move past certain places in that game, you have to use a lantern to burn the bushes, but you have no idea which bush out of the entire open world to burn to actually get to it. So it's a lot of conversation pieces. So I think that's a great thing to bring into games. Something positive that has a talking point to it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Bit of trivia for you. Everyone out there, enjoy that trivia and then take care of yourselves and take care of one another.